Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson, and we are talking about week six. We're officially one year of doing this podcast, so a little round of applause there. That's right. That's Uh, right. We did start with the first five week last season, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, So... On that same note, let's talk about the teams that are going to be missing this week. We've got the 1-4 and four Lions, the 1-4 and four Raiders, the 1-3 and 1 Texans, and the 3-2 and two Titans. Wow, only one winning team. That's actually kind of surprising, and I don't really feel like the Titans. Ah, Titans having a winning record kind of grosses me out, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Exactly. Um, let's quickly recap uh, last week's picks. I did not gain... Uh, I didn't shrink the gap that we have still at five games apart, you and I. Um, I am 44 and 36, and you are 49 and 31 on the season. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I'm just staying with the lead, but there's still plenty of the season left to go, so I can still choke this away. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the absolute incredible matchup that we have on Thursday night. It's the Washington Commanders up against the Chicago Bears. Carson, how are you feeling about this one? It's gross, and I'll acknowledge it right now. The Bears being a slight favorite, I think, is bold. It might just because they're home. They're a one-point favorite. Um, but yeah, not two teams that I'm sure are at the bottom of their divisions. I know that's the fact a fact for sure for the Commanders, and I'm sure it's probably close to it for the Bears. So, yeah, back-to-back great Thursday night football games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sure. So let's go ahead and start with the commanders here. Uh, Carson Wentz did have a bounce back week in week five, throwing for 359 passing yards, a uh, couple touchdowns, one interception uh, late in the game, mind you. And here's the thing. Are, are we back to being comfortable or at least willing, especially now that bye weeks are here, uh, to start Carson Wentz? I mean, Chicago does rank ninth in passing yards allowed per game, but... I mean, with with who you're missing this week, you may have no other option. I mean, what's your comfort level with Carson Wentz? Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you know he can have that ceiling that he had in those first two weeks has to make you feel all right if he's your QB2 and your QB1's on by. Um, I think it's a little surprising that Chicago's that good against the pass. Maybe it's because teams don't have to pass against them because they already have the lead. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. Um, but this is a passing offense. Surprise that they lost to the Titans last week, as I think we both predicted them to kind of upset there. Um, but yeah, I think that you have to be okay with him considering other people that are available. I mean, maybe if you want to go for a Geno Smith, who we'll talk about later, that could be on your waivers. Wouldn't fault you there, but Carson Wentz has shown to have an even higher ceiling. So yeah, I think you have to be all right if you're missing your regular guy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Moving on to the running backs here, it's kind of a it's kind of a wasteland. Uh, J.D. McKissick led all Washington running backs with 41% of the snaps played. Gibson had three carries for six yards and caught three of his four targets for 33 yards. He played a season low 32% of the snaps. Uh, I'm advocating for you to bench him if you can. And then Brian Robinson, the young rookie, uh, his first regular season game action came in week five he had nine carries which is you know that's a good start a good sign uh for 22 yards uh only played 29 percent of the snaps but that's really close to what we just said gibson had um zero targets in week five that's kind of discouraging in ppr formats um and i'm just you know 
like I said last week, I think you got to leave him on your bench for now and continue to monitor his usage because um, it's clearly not there yet to be starting worthy. Yeah, right now it looks like a wasteland, and it very well may continue to be just because they have three usable running backs, and this is a passing offense. But I think that Brian Robinson getting nine carries in a career NFL debut coming off of IR, I think that it's likely that he'll overtake this uh, backfield. So that would be my Yeah, bet. I mean, that that was all the talk during preseason before, yeah. you know, before everything happened with him. So, yeah, um, yeah I think it is going to eventually get to that point. But, again, this is not the week that I'm, like, confidently no, putting in my no. lineup, despite there being bye weeks now. Especially it's just, the short turnaround uh, coming off of his debut to then being the Thursday game. Yeah, it's not super yeah, likely. Yeah, it's just we'll a, lot of, a lot of conditions making it yeah. not such a great start. Um, on to the wide receivers. I know you'll be a fan of this one. Diami yeah. Brown, 24 and a half fantasy points, but he only played on 32% of the snaps. Um, caught both of his passes, or sorry, caught two passes that resulted in two touchdowns um, and 105 yards. So they were just slinging that thing. But yeah. um, I think you already know what I'm going to say about this. I don't even yeah. see this stat yeah. line um, before this. No, I tee you up. Yeah, uh, double digits per double digit fantasy scores per touch um no Mm -hmm. no no thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah um unless the snap percentage increases significantly in this one and we won't know that until the game's already played um he needs to stay on waivers or your bench if you picked him up now of course in a deep league if you're absolutely desperate and the bye weeks are really hurting you i I mean you can try but i don't know what you're going to really get this talked about like you're about to talk about now samuel mclaurin Mm -hmm. and even um dotson so to think that Deami Brown's now going to have a foothold in this well, passing attack. Well, Dotson, Dotson's been ruled out. Yes, okay, that, that does affect it. I'm just saying that, you know, we've had a long list of players that obviously Deami Brown has not outshined. So, yes, yeah. I guess the fact that he could take that third role, but we were even saying that third role was very touchdown dependent, which is clearly what he is. So that Yeah, that's true. The, the role that Jahan Dotson, you know, was occupying prior to his injury is the one that Diami Brown's filling in for. And yeah, yeah, like you said, very touchdown dependent. Mm -hmm. And the the low snap percentage is the thing that really scares me off of this player. Um, In the short week, it's just, it's not a good, it's not a good option right now. And then, yeah, like you said, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, they both scored around 12 fantasy points. They, they both remain fantasy starters. I, I I don't see how you bench either one of those necessarily, especially with bye weeks uh, starting this week. Yeah. Um, And the bears defense, doesn't really scare you. So uh, moving on to the Bears on this one, David Montgomery is really the only guy I have anything to say about, and it's it's just good to see him back healthy. Uh, did manage 18.2 fantasy points on horrible efficiency rushing, um, about a yard and a half per carry, and uh, found the end zone, which helped him a, b- a bunch, and also had season high in receptions and receiving yards. Four catches on four targets for 62 yards. Anything to add with this one? No, I'm just going to pick the Commanders as a small upset on the spread. Okay. Um, I think I think I'm going to go with you on that because I don't really believe that they're going to let uh, Justin Fields throw, and they're kind of keeping that. They're kind of keeping him on a leash, and it's not. Yeah not helping anyone uh you know despite the fact that i mean well they are they do have a losing record so mm-hmm. yeah yeah they need to change it and I, I don't necessarily think this is going to be the week they do it yeah 
All right, let's talk about 49ers at the Falcons next. Um, just going to talk about the running backs for this one. I think you know, like, uh, okay, I guess I will mention with George Kittle, you know, there are a couple big-name tight ends missing this week uh, in Duran Waller and TJ Hawkinson. So uh, not that you would have Kittle and both of those other guys, but, yeah. I mean, we do know that Kittle is – a very very talented like fringe elite tight end as we mentioned in the preseason but uh, he's just not getting the usage and i think you probably at this stage with how kittle missed several weeks to start the season you probably picked someone up off of waivers like a david njoku a gerald everett uh maybe a tyler higby and so with those guys i think you have uh, probably safer floor um maybe less upside than a george kittle can provide um but but what are your thoughts on that carson i agree with all that i think the players you named like njoku and higby and even hayden hurst some players that probably were on all waivers um at least a few weeks ago um yeah if you need that floor i don't think anyone can blame you for benching kittle until you start seeing consistency from him you know that you can get it from him but if you're not seeing it yet and you're not super excited about um, the passing attack of the 49ers with it being back to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's, he's supported Kittle in the past, but at the end of the day, this is a rushing offense, so mm-hmm. it could hurt his uh, consistency, especially at that tight end position. Yeah, I mean, just underperforming like a lot of fantasy players are this season. So, um, yeah, kind of advocating for one of those other guys to, to continue uh, filling in that tight end spot for you. Yeah. Um, but back to the running backs. Jeff Wilson, 20.2 fantasy points, uh, one catch for 12 yards, so you know that you're not really uh, feeling his presence in PPR scoring, uh, but as long as ground game production is good and he continues to rush for touchdowns, which he has in back-to-back games, um, I'm going to continue advocating for starting Wilson in positive matchups. Atlanta ranks 23rd against running backs. Uh, this is one of those where Jeff Wilson, you can fire him up. Um, do want to mention that Tevin Coleman, there is a bit of a revenge narrative here, had uh, the start of his career, uh, several productive seasons with the Falcons several years back, but uh, 28% of the snaps played in week five did manage 21.7 fantasy points. Of course, he had a touchdown through both the ground and the air. Um, That is unsustainable, to say the least, and I think that Tevin Coleman should stay probably uh, on waivers. I don't think he really even needs to be rostered, to be honest. This was the first week that he even uh, heard his name called. Yeah, uh, I was surprised to see him. I was had red zone on. I have <laughs> Jeff Wilson. I was like, oh, is that him that got that rushing touchdown? And I see Tevin Coleman. Like, yeah. what? So, yeah, I'm surp- I didn't even know he was on the active roster for any team. And uh, But I do agree. Unsustainable, and I think you have to keep trusting Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson... As I said, I have him in my, on my main team. He's been a great, consistent, safe RB2, so I just hope that continues, and he still has the opportunity to have that role. Yeah, and then moving on to the Falcons here, uh, five-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, by the way, uh, but that's not wow. really surprising. Yeah. Drake London, seven-and-a-half fantasy points in a game with Kyle Pitts inactive, uh, seven targets, four catches, 35 yards, uh, a season low 67 percent of the snaps played uh, none of this sounds good uh, including the tough matchup against san francisco um, but i don't think you should be panicking on london just yet 
Um, but with that, I'm going to ask you, Carson, is London a wide receiver too, a flex, or a bench for you this week? I think he's at least a flex. Um, That's about where I feel too. Yeah, I think you can't really bench him. You know, disappointing game in week five, especially if Kyle Pitts being out, but he has an insanely high target share, not just for being a rookie, but the fact that he's a rookie on top of that, I think makes you even more excited about his prospects, even if, you know, the quarterback play, I mean, Marcus Mariota isn't single-handedly changing games and making Drake London a really good fantasy option, but he's supporting him, and I think that's what's important about a player that you want to start. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then on to the subject of Kyle Pitts, um, who was held out last week due to a hamstring injury, uh, put in a limited practice on Wednesday, uh, continue to monitor his status. But honestly, I would still bench him uh, against uh, the 49ers this week if I rostered him. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Not to be insensitive towards an injury, but Kyle Pitts being ruled out in week five was like the best thing that could have happened to Kyle Pitts owners in fantasy. I mean, everyone feels like they need to start this guy, especially because in our eyes he was overdrafted. And if you look at him, it's like, oh my God, he's this un- unicorn player. That's what they always say. Um, let's see it, I guess. And I think that if you haven't found a backup option like Titans we've already named in this episode, you need to start looking for those because Kyle Pitts need to, needs to prove it to him to you before you start starting him. Um, and we've talked about yeah. things that the coach has said, and it just it's not really a good situation for him at the moment, and it could change. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to double down personally on starting him. No, no, I, I would agree with you, and I and I would hope that as a manager of Kyle Pitts that you weren't stubborn and didn't pick up a replacement because yeah. um, I think the options are starting to run dry in a they lot are. of leagues. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's concerning. But yeah, unless you're absolutely forced to start Kyle Pitts this week, um, I'm I'm saying keep him on your bench. And of course, if he's inactive, you're going to have to find a replacement anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and pick this game. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. Yeah. Um, I will as well. I, I don't I don't believe in this Falcons team, um, especially against as tough of a defense as San Francisco has. I think the yeah that that's what's important here. I think the Falcons have kind of quietly put up some good fights against some good teams, and uh, I mean last week they only scored fifteen points. I just checked, um, but they have had some good performances. But I think that this Forty ers defense is very very good, uh, and uh, yeah, not going to go yeah. against them on this one. No, that's fair. Um, on to Patriots at the Browns, and I just want to mention I totally nailed that call um, last week between Patriots and Lions. Where you at, Detroit? <laughs> wow, I guess no, not in the end zone. <laughs> oh, good one. Points. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, so back to the back to the basics here. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, it's Ramondre season, son, because <laughs> <laughs> nineteen and a half fantasy points, twenty five rushes, one hundred and sixty one yards. Also caught both of his targets for 14 yards, played 90% of the snaps, and that's because Damian Harris left the game with a hamstring injury. He is expected to miss multiple weeks, uh, Damian Harris that is, and Stevenson with this news becomes a borderline RB1. Um, With the workload we saw in week five, I expect more to come this week. Cleveland ranks 28th against running back, so it's a great matchup for Stevenson here. Um, and it really doesn't matter who's starting at quarterback. Mac Jones might be back healthy, um, but we've seen Bailey Zappi perform well. And, you know, Bill Belichick is the the coaching mastermind of all generations. And so <laughs> uh, 
uh, he's going to figure out a way to get the good players uh, the ball. And uh, pivoting off of that, let's talk about Jacoby Myers. 24.1 fantasy points in Week 5. Seven catches on eight targets, 111 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, To me, he's the only pass catcher you can trust to provide flex plus value, I'll say, on a weekly basis on this team. Um, I know you are a personal fan of his just because of his underdog story. Um, And he got a touchdown. Jacoby Myers got a touchdown. I think that means he has to make your starting lineup. I mean, that's that's a good sign. That's like seeing a double rainbow it's a great uh, outcome even without the touchdown and that's what's usually so good about him so if he because he yeah. has a high floor so if he can start getting more touchdowns consistently he becomes like in that i don't know about that but maybe i was about to say wide receiver two discussion like i am i'm high on him because of the consistent volume he gets he just needs those touchdowns to make it to that level yeah and that's why i, I put flex plus value because you know i think he's a safe he's got a safe floor as as a wide receiver that does a lot of his work uh, near the near the line of scrimmage, but when he grabs those touchdowns and uh, takes takes the top off a little bit, it he can he can definitely produce. Yeah. Um, on to the Cleveland Browns here. Let's talk about Nick Chubb. He continues to look like the best pure rusher in the NFL. Wow. Seventeen carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, did not catch his only target in the game. Uh, he's averaging over 6.1 yards per carry on the season which is uh, just incredible. And then, of course, Kareem Hunt remains a touchdown-dependent flex play. Um, did find the end zone this game in Week 5 since the first time, uh, or sorry, the first time since Week 1, 14.7 fantasy points for him. Uh, and then Amari Cooper averages 20-plus points fantasy-wise and double-digit targets at home. He's playing at home this week. Um it's a boom bust usage that makes Cooper an inconsistent flex, but uh, I'm probably going to start him this week, especially with bye weeks. And uh, David Njoku, who we talked about before, had his uh, second double-digit fantasy week on the season, 14.8 fantasy points there, and he's averaging over 80 receiving yards per game over the past three weeks. So those are all positive signs uh, for this Browns offense. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think that... Nick Chubb is honestly underrated. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't get like that Derrick Henry uh, status that we were giving Derrick Henry last season in the past few seasons. Nick Chubb is amazing, and it's just, you know, he's not a cheat code in fantasy, usually when he doesn't get these touchdowns because of his lack of receiving work, but he's an extremely great, extremely good rusher, as you've highlighted. And, uh, yeah, David Njoku quietly, maybe not quietly in leagues that have tight ends, but quietly in other leagues just becoming this consistent guy and then i'm sure we'll talk about it in a few weeks when deshaun watson comes back like i I wonder what these player ceilings really are yeah a few weeks is kind of generous it's uh close to eight weeks from now so um quite a few weeks couple couple months away yeah a couple months away but uh yeah it'll be in it'll be a conversation for sure um this is a tough one it is but i think i'm gonna go browns but this is a tough one okay i'm gonna pick my patriots for this one um you know the thing about it is i just think that bill belichick can uh can definitely force jacoby Brissett, who by the way former patriot um (laughs) to have success through the air in this game if they can limit nick chubb which no one's been able to so far but um, if anyone can do it, it's the Patriots uh, with with their scheming. So 
um, I'm picking the Patriots for this one. All right. All right, let's talk about the Jets at the Packers next. Uh, Brees Hall, I mean, okay, I know this is going to sting a little bit when I say it, but fantasy managers who drafted ETN are wishing they picked Brees Hall yep. uh, this draft season. 27.7 fantasy points, uh, nearly had 200 all-purpose yards, uh, falling just shy of the end zone on two different plays, uh, tackled at the one-yard line, two different plays, um, but still managed to find one rushing touchdown in this game. Uh, just had a fantastic day. His snap percentage has consistently increased in three straight weeks. He is uh, back-to-back weeks with rushing touchdown and 19 or more touches. Uh, Is Brees Hall officially a must-start in fantasy? I'd say so. I think at the very least he makes your flex. I think he has to. I mean, as we've said, the value about him was so high because he was the first running back drafted in the NFL draft in April. Um, you know, two receptions on 100 receiving yards, not sustainable, but 20 touches is very intriguing, and you can't bench a player mm-hmm. like that, especially a rookie at that, that is continuously seeing more work and a higher snap percentage, as you've noted. So, yeah. Agreed. So, in ter- I mean, in terms of a player that did manage to do a lot with limited touches, let's talk about Michael Carter. Yeah. 17.3 fantasy points. He found the end zone twice, uh, both resulting in those one-yard tackled plays I was talking about with Brees Hall. They subbed in Carter. He did the dirty work, got those two touchdowns, and those two touchdowns accounted for more than 50% of his fantasy points on that week. Um, Played a season low 42% of the snaps. It seems like a changing of the guard is happening here. Um, And for me, Michael Carter becomes a touchdown-dependent desperation flex at best. Um, It's just the, the usage is trending in the wrong direction. And the touchdown upside is really not uh, something that you can count on uh, with Michael Carter here. Yeah, I agree to follow that. Uh, Moving on to the Packers, let's talk about the running backs because they seem like the most talented players on the field, but they're just not getting enough touches. Aaron Jones had 13 carries for 63 yards and caught two of his three targets for 17 yards. You probably need to keep starting him based on volume and snap percentage, which a season high 73% in week five. Um, uh, And you like the matchup against the Jets, obviously, but uh, another player that is kind of trending in the wrong direction, that's A.J. Dillon. He played a season low 32% of the snaps, only handled six carries, had zero targets in this game. Uh, And this is four straight weeks of single-digit fantasy scores for Dillon. I think... Uh, am I wrong for suggesting that you bench him until further notice? No, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, what we've always said about Dylan is that we've always compared it to the Browns, and the fact that Dylan is the second, I mean, I know that their coach, uh, Matt LaFleur, is that his first name? There's a different LaFleur in yeah. the league, I believe. Yeah, Matt LaFleur, you know, did the 1A, 1B between them. Clearly, the 1B is A.J. Dillon, and he doesn't get those receptions that are so important in the PPR floor. And if he's only getting six carries on top of being that archetype, yeah, you gotta, you're you going to have to bench him until you, a season-low snap percentage and then not being willing to bench that player um, is probably a little irrational. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the, the receiving floor for him because in week one, we saw he got six targets, yeah. five catches, 46 we yards. We started like, the season. I remember our first episode of the season where like Dylan looks like the better player than Jones, and it was surprising, but Dylan yeah. is starting to look a little bit more like um, his floor is looking a little bit more like I expected, which is not really what I wanted, and that's why I never really went after him at his ADP. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully he proves me wrong. It does better, but especially if you have him. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. But I am again, I'm advocating for him to be benched until further notice, just because he's trending in the wrong direction. And until the Packers figure things out, I mean, they do have a winning record still, but not by much. And uh, probably should have won that game against the Giants in London. Uh, all right, let's move on to the wide receivers now. <laughs> here's here's some like a blast from the past. Yeah, Randall no Cobb kidding. led all. Gr- led all green bay pass catchers in yards and targets he had 99 receiving yards 13 targets um this is his first game of the season since week one with greater than 40 percent of the snaps played played 63 percent in week five you can't trust him on a weekly basis this is uh this is just a blip on the season here and al nazard scored a receiving touchdown for the third time in four games played he does have eight targets in back-to-back weeks. That's the good. Um, but the bad is that he is, in my opinion, considered a touchdown-dependent flex, as three of those four games he has been held under 50 receiving yards. Um, that is not good volume there. Uh, and then lastly, Romeo Dobbs caught three of five targets for 29 yards. Carson, I'll ask you, because you know we kind of talked about these two guys last yeah. week. Um, are you flexing Dobbs again against the Jets, or are you sending him back to the bench? It obviously depends on how deep your league is and how many you have to start, but I think that um, you can still flex Dobbs. I think that he is the pass catcher you want on this team. Uh, you've voiced about you've voiced your skepticism on wanting anyone on this team, is consistency yeah. wise. But you know, Randall Cobb, blast from the past, as you said. I don't expect those never to continue from just be this wide receiver one all of a sudden. Um, uh, now that he's just back with Rodgers, I mean, how old is he? Like he has to be. Early thirties, right? Oh, Cobb? Yeah. Yeah, probably. So I'm gonna you. bet on the rookie to continue his emergence in this offense, um, in Dobbs. So that's Randall. Randall Cobb's thirty two years old. Thirty two. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I think <laughs> yeah, so I think that I would still flex Dobbs unless you just have better options, of course. I don't think you have to bench him after a game like this because of how he had done in the two previous games. Yeah, and I think, you know, like we keep saying, it's with bye weeks now here, it's kind of hard to get picky um, with some of those, you know, kind of fringe flex considerations. So yeah, um, I hear you on that. And as we both agree, the, the seven-point home favorites, the Packers are going to beat the Jets this week. Yeah, if you saw that 40-17 to 17 Jets scoreline against the Dolphins, definitely had a lot to do with the quarterback play of the Dolphins. Um, you know, the fact that they can score is good but i think that there is a lot more out of the out of the norm from that game and that result than something to expect more from from the jets in my opinion we'll see though no i agree with, i agree with that uh let's talk about jaguars colts this is another exciting game here um <laughs> i'm saying with a bit of sarcasm yeah. so the jags on the road are two point underdogs that kind of surprised me a little bit that maybe maybe it has something to do with the the chances of jonathan taylor returning um but let's talk about the jags quickly christian kirk 2.1 fantasy points in week five only caught one of his three targets for 11 yards this is back-to-back weeks with single digit fantasy scores are you benching christian kirk this week that's difficult i mean back-to-back weeks and a three targets and one reception is horrible um, so again, I think that if you have the ability, especially with it being bye weeks and maybe you don't have that ability in depth because of that, but if you have the ability to bench him, I mean, now is the time to do so, but 
that's kind of been my response for a lot of these players but that is yeah the reality and of i would all. say i would say with where you got christian kirk in drafts that is true um you know unless you recently traded for him um yeah. christian kirk was probably one of your you know fourth or or Fifth. you know maybe maybe right maybe third wide receivers like if yeah. you were just taking a very interesting approach to the draft <laughs> yeah um but you likely got him in the middle to late rounds of the draft and so you more than likely have a few pass catchers that you can start ahead of him uh if you so choose yeah now onto the running backs this is a uh perplexing situation we'll say to say the least James Robinson is averaging nine carries and 28 rushing yards per game over the past two weeks. That is not good. Um, and under under 50% of the snaps in consecutive weeks. Jacksonville playing from behind for most of those games. So obviously the game script doesn't work in his favor, and that shows on the stat line. Um, on the other hand, Travis Etienne had 10 carries last week, but it was much more efficient, rushing for 71 yards while also catching three of his five targets for 43 yards. Um, this negative game script has allowed ETN to retake the majority of the snaps played in this backfield in consecutive weeks. Uh, Carson, what do you do? And I know you love these questions, but what do you do if you roster these running backs? I think um, I feel better about ETN, but it's still that's difficult that you feel better about the running back that has kind of been overshadowed thus far in the season. Um, but yeah, like you said, ETN's more efficient. He's who everyone expected to be the person to take over this backfield. Um, yeah. So I still don't, unless you're having to start a lot of players, like I started him last week and it paid off, but we also have to start two flexes. So not a lot of leagues are like that. And I think that if you found a good replacement for him for how he has been earlier this season, then I don't blame you for continuing to deploy yeah. them. But if this... If like this if this continues with ETN kind of overtaking the more efficient, you have to feel um, some level of confidence with him because that's how you drafted him. Yeah, I think there's a combination of factors at play here, like um, Damian Pierce, the Detroit running backs, um, Josh Jacobs and Derrick Henry are all out this week. So you may not have better options to replace uh, any of those guys. Uh, obviously, I would say, you know, I prefer, and you would agree with me, um, that you'd prefer to start Jeff Wilson over Travis Etienne this week. Yeah. Um, but maybe you're in a situation where Etienne is your third running back um, among one of those guys that's on by. And so yeah. basically what we're saying here is that if you have Etienne and you don't have a better option as your second running back, that this is a week where Etienne uh, is, seems to be trending in the right direction. He could uh, perform you know, better than he has over the first three weeks. Yeah, and I think him getting receptions keeps his floor high so i don't think he's going to completely decimate your lineup um by being in there so yeah everything you described i agree with <laughs> cool um so on to the colts jonathan taylor we're gonna continue to monitor his status he did not practice on wednesday with his ankle injury um, but the head coach frank reich said that the team is optimistic about taylor's chances to play you know what that really says, not much yet. If he's held out of practice all week, I'd be a little surprised uh, to see him on Sunday, but we will have to continue monitoring that when he is on the field. Uh, despite what he's done this season, um, he is one of the best running backs in the league. And so, you know, with a, with a Jaguars defense that, you know, has given some people some fits. I mean, Damian Pierce didn't have any trouble putting up numbers against them last week. So if that's any indication, then... 
I think you fire up Taylor. I mean, if Taylor's playing, you're going to start him. Yeah. Um, but this is really more of a conversation about the other running backs here, Naheem Hines and uh, the rookie Robinson, which I don't know his first name. Give me no, one I don't moment. even remember. Yeah, I mean, it's unexpected that he would even see the field because of the Taylor injury and then, like, the instant concussion for Hines last Thursday. So yeah, someone that so, emerged out of nowhere. Dion Jackson, not a rookie, by the way, oh. um, but also no one that I've really heard of much. So yeah. uh, you're not starting any of those guys. My point is, if Taylor plays, you're going to start him, um, but it's something to monitor. And then on to Alec Pierce, 16.1 fantasy points in that awesome Thursday night matchup against the Broncos last week. Uh, eight catches on nine targets for 81 yards. He has yet to play in more than 60 per, 60% of the snaps uh, in his rookie campaign, and I find that a little interesting. I yeah. still like the, I still like Alec Pierce as a speculative ad because I think those numbers are going to get closer to the 90% mark sooner rather than later. Um, just seems like a talented rookie. You know, obviously good physical size. You can't teach that, and uh, and that's something that I think this offense is going to figure out sooner rather than later. So uh, let's go ahead and pick this game here. Uh, Colts are two-point favorites at home. Who are you going with? I am going to go for the Colts, and I, for a while I was thinking Jaguars, but I'm swayed back to the Colts at home as kind of a revenge game for week 18 last season that kept them out of the playoffs. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Colts, like the Broncos, and they faced off last Thursday, have been one of the most – underwhelming disappointing teams this season for what um people expected from them yeah and i'm gonna go with the jags here and obviously we're picking this prior to sunday um but i'm gonna go off the expectation that they hold out jonathan taylor one more week and so for that reason i'm giving the jags the edge here yeah Uh, i've never felt (laughs) more um grossed out by picking a favorite honestly um in the spread <laughs> right so, there you go yeah all right well hopefully it doesn't burn me this week yeah. uh let's talk vikings dolphins next so hopefully you bought low on dalvin cook or held on to him if you were uh thinking that better days were ahead for him he had a great week five uh finally looked like himself out there 18 carries resulting in two rushing touchdowns 94 rushing yards uh, also caught both of his targets for 27 yards. This is a good uh, a good bounce back performance for Dalvin Cook. Uh, but I will ask you: Are there do you have any concerns that he only handled 57 percent of the snaps? Like that's kind of a that's kind of a weird split. Yeah, that's not great. Um, I assume that means Alexander Madison had pretty high snap percentage, maybe mm-hmm. 43. Um, that is <laughs> maybe maybe that is. Not amazing, but just seeing those touches and the efficiency that you expect from Cook, I think that overshadows that snap percentage. And we see what Austin Eckler is doing with his snap percentage. We'll talk about him at the very end. So, I mean, you're not going to bench him, of course, but keep an eye on that. But the fact that he's being more efficient and productive like you expected, I, I just, if I had Delvin Cook, that's what I would choose to focus on at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Um, and then moving on to the Dolphins here. It's been announced that the rookie quarterback's seventh-round draft pick, Skylar Thompson, will be starting again this week. Um, He was forced into action very early in Week 5 as Teddy Bridgewater was ruled out shortly after the first play of the game. Um, Tua has already been ruled out for Week 6 as well. So 
if Bridgewater clears the concussion protocol, he will serve as the backup. Um, that's already been announced, as I, like I said. Um, and pretty much the takeaway here is lower expectations for this offense even more than when Bridgewater was starting. Uh, obviously, we saw how the team performed with, uh, with Skyler being thrust into the role. Uh, they do have a full week to prepare for him as the starter now. And so, you know, it's better. It should be better than what we saw last week, but it's still the third string quarterback. I mean, you know, I, I just did, I really didn't see anything that impressed me last week um, against the Jets. So uh, lower expectations, but you're still starting Tyreek Hill and you're still starting Jalen Waddell despite his struggles um, over the past few games. Uh, I think that's it's it's hard to argue for anything other than that. Um, but then talking about the running backs here, it's becoming more and more clear that Chase Edmonds is just not the guy on this in this backfield. He only managed one carry for one yard, um, and was out carried or sorry out snapped by Miles Gaskin. Throwback. <laughs> I think I think right. I think Chase Edmonds is droppable. Um, you can certainly keep him if you if you want to, but I don't think he's going to return much value. Um, as long as Raheem Mostert continues running like he has uh, last week, a season high 18 carries, 113 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Also caught one of three targets for nine yards. It, Mostert's taken this job despite Edmonds having the larger paycheck. Um, Mostert is the one doing the actual work on the field. And uh, what are your thoughts on that person? Yeah, as someone who drafted Chase Edmonds, um, it's disappointing to see this happen to him. But as someone who also picked up Raheem Mostert, early in the season i'm happy to see that one of them is taking over because that makes you feel like you can actually maybe start one of them so that's really important i think that you know i don't disagree with the idea that chase edmonds could be droppable with that usage of course but raheem mostert has had a long injury history so i think mm -hmm. that holding on to edmonds as a handcuff for raheem mostert which I can't believe I'm saying that sentence six weeks ago. I would have never <laughs> thought I would say that sentence, but I think 100%. that uh, could be, like, if you have them both, I think that could be uh, a rationalization to keep Edmonds on your roster um, because that's yeah. my situation, and that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, we're, we are both choosing the three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, the Minnesota Vikings in this one. Yeah, and I think it's purely the quarterback play. If they can do it last week against the Jets, I don't expect them to turn around and um, – a pretty good Vikings team. Yeah, agreed on that so. one. Um, which, you know, surprisingly, they're four and one. Um, you don't yeah. really think of them as a four and one team, but that is what the Vikings are. They haven't had um, really do a lot of dominant performances like you may expect with some of their skill position offensive players. Um, but I yeah, guess they are I just scraping by enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about Bengals at the Saints next. T. Higgins, uh, with his ankle injury, is considered day to day. Uh, monitor his status he did not practice on wednesday so just uh, keep that in mind uh, jamar chase continues to underwhelm relative to expectations but he is getting elite volume would you consider jamar chase to be a buy low candidate i feel like that's you know when we've discussed players like austin eckler and other first round picks it's hard to think of them as buy low candidates ever but i expect him to I mean, I've been a Jamar Chase hater for his ADP, <laughs> not for his prospects, but for his ADP. Yeah. Um, but you still have to expect better days are ahead. But hey, and that's but, why I'm saying buy low, right? But I don't under I I just don't see a situation where a manager that has Jamar Chase would be willing to let him go. But hey, of course, try because yes, I yeah. agree that 
that shouldn't be your perspective on him. You should believe he has better yeah, days and ahead, we, so right. try. That's my point. We both think better days are ahead for Jamar Chase. Yes. Uh, he finished extremely high in the uh, among wide receivers last season as a rookie. Um, of course, we think that the Bengals are going to kind of figure things out more likely than not re- rest of season. Yeah. And Jamar Chase is going to be the recipient of a lot of uh, deep passes. Uh, talking more about this team, Joe Mixon is fourth in the NFL in rush attempts and 20th in rushing yards. Ouch. So he's having some efficiency woes there. Uh, but still projects to be a solid RB2. I'm not concerned about him this week. Um, Moving on to Hayden Hurst, he has back-to-back weeks with a receiving touchdown and seven-plus targets in three of five games. I think he makes a good bye-week fill-in at tight end. I agree. I've already alluded to him earlier in the episode, and I think that is fair. He, like, did the best out of any pass catcher um, in their Sunday night football game. Um, yeah. against the Ravens so that was a little surprising but yeah I mean he's done it before in previous seasons we've analyzed that so he's a player that can get it done at that position mm-hmm. no I agree with you on that um, let's talk about the Saints now plenty of injuries to monitor going into week yeah. six for this one um, there's a lot Chris Olave still in the concussion protocol did not practice on Wednesday Michael Thomas with his foot injury did not practice on Wednesday uh, Jarvis Landry as far as I could tell from the research I did um, he was like a surprise inactive for week five. And so to me, that would indicate that he likely did uh, participate in practice this week and uh, will be healthy for this game. Um, and then Jameis Winston with a back and an ankle injury. He's, he's really banged up. Um, he also practiced on Wednesday. So uh, positive signs for half the team and or half the players listed and not so good signs for the other half. Um, and to be honest, I don't really think there's anyone on this team that will fill the void of Olave and Thomas if they are both inactive. Um, it what might about be an upweek. Jordan Humphrey? <laughs> I can't be Wait, too no, sure. Is he even still on the Saints? I don't even know. He was there last week. I season. believe he's with... I think he's on the, the Patriots. Yeah, I want to say he is too, but like, right, uh, like <laughs> deep on the roster. <laughs> yeah, can't even um, think of another player other than Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about him. So Taysom Hill scored thirty four point oh eight fantasy points, and that's because he uh, stop it. <laughs> he, he had a pass. He had a pass attempt for twenty two yards that found the end zone. Oh um, but this is this is while playing thirty percent of the snaps. Um, he rushed nine times for 112 yards and three more touchdowns on top of that. So uh, I wonder how many people drafted him as a second tight end in best ball formats, uh, because that's the only way I could justify rostering Taysom Hill on my fantasy lineup. Yeah, maybe Sean Payton's personal fantasy team would have Taysom Hill <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, the running yeah. joke is that he's Taysom is Sean Payton's son. Don't know how he's still getting the playtime without Sean Payton being the head coach, but yeah, no. Well, that's this the is thing. Not it's like, real. This is not real. <laughs> it's right. It's not something to buy in on. He um, has one reception, 30... and he's I don't listed what, as don't, a tight end. Yes, and I don't know what his position ranking is. I'm sh- I know it's top ten, um, and has one yeah. reception. No, no. No. Well, yeah, and it's it's really not about the thing is that the restricting part is that it's it's the usage as you know as we mentioned hasn't played this is actually his season high uh, in snap percentage and he definitely delivered on it but it's it's not something that we can reliably uh, 
project for every week. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like Taysom Hill is a gadget player at his best. And, and this is just not something that I would advocate buying in on. I know you're with me on that. Yeah. You're taking the Bengals in this one. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you on that. They are the two point favorite on the road here. Um, And I think there's just too many injuries on the saints offense to really uh, compete with uh, with the Bengals' high-powered offense. Agreed. All right. Move on to Ravens at Giants. Um, so one injury news that plagued the team in Week 5 was Rashad Bateman's absence. He was inactive in Week 5 due to a foot injury, and he still hasn't practiced as of Wednesday. Um, Mark Andrews mostly picked up the slack, scoring 22.9 fantasy points. Although, watching that game a little bit, Devin Duvernay also took advantage of his of this open target share seeing a season high seven targets and five receptions but i'm still not really buying devin duvernay as a reliable fantasy option would you agree with that yeah that's totally fair i think that it's mark andrews really being uh, elite even though he already is at the position when bateman is out and bateman still should be that other guy in the passing attack for lamar jackson um, and I also expect better days ahead for Lamar Jackson. He's kind of had back-to-back underwhelming performances for him, but he's mm-hmm. honestly an MVP candidate. So, and that rushing floor, as we all know, yes, he's he's back. He's better than he was last season. So, and he's playing for that paycheck at the end of the season. Um, hopefully for Agreed. him. J.K. Dobbins, though, uh, 4.4 fantasy points, eight carries on 44 rushing yards, 40% snaps is what that is meant to say. Not targets. That would be insane. Um, I did it twice. Kenyon Drake saw 42% of snaps, but only five touches. And I don't really expect him to ever emerge, but it's just the fact that they are getting more than one uh, running back involved. And Lamar Jackson, this is what we always say about the Ravens, led the team in carries with 12 um, rushes. So do you expect J.K. Dobbins to improve on this? Because it's kind of underwhelming considering what he did in week four. Well, I I would like to say yes, but... As we both know and we've alluded to, the, the Ravens have a pocket running back in Lamar Jackson. And so yeah. it's it's hard to see. I, I think Dobbins is going to be a touchdown-dependent flex um, on most weeks because of that rushing upside from Lamar. Yeah. And, yeah, Dobbins is a player that I was not interested in really drafting. Um, someone that I reluctantly took in our mock draft video. <laughs> and... It, it, it's just it, the situation is not really lending itself to Dobbins being successful. Yeah, um, I think Kenyon Drake only saw the snaps that he saw because Justice Hill was out, and Gus Edwards yeah. is another running back that two years ago you maybe remember him as being kind of the RB two on this team. It, you know, it doesn't obviously doesn't matter who it is behind Dobbins. They're wanting to use more than just him and don't want him to be the workhorse, and that is not great whenever you have lamar jackson as you already said because that already limits the upside watching lamar jackson just take off sometimes he's such a fun player to watch and we already know all all that but it is he's he's one of one honestly um so yeah (laughs) talking about the giants and that's how he wants to get paid yep saquon barkley briefly left the london game week five with a shoulder injury but he did return but i guess monitor that but you expect him to be fine since he did return in the same game um yeah elite rb1 great so let's move on to these pass catchers. Darius Slayton, um, someone <laughs> whose name has been there for a while. He had 13.9 fantasy points, six receptions on seven targets, 79 yards, led Giants wide receivers in like every uh, receiving statistic. 
But I'll ask you, is Slate? Well, you the gotta guy? think about who he's competing with. Yeah. Is Slayton the guy or is it an injured wide receiver? Because what are some of the other active wide receivers that were there? I mean, you got Richie James, who we've talked about. You say David Sills is his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So a bunch of nobodies. And then Darius Slayton is a recognizable wow. name, at least if you play fantasy, not even to the general person. <laughs> no, um, that's fair. It's fair. But, just give me a hard time. You know, Kadarius Tony has been injured even though his usage has been weird, but he will return. Kenny Galladay, it's been an understatement to say that his usage has not been what is expected. And then the rookie, Wondell Robinson. Do you expect any of these players to come back into this depth chart that has no depth and potentially have some value <laughs> um, yeah. for your fantasy so, team? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and give you an easy no with Kenny Galladay. Um, he didn't even play a snap uh, last week. So that's already ruled out um, for yeah. me. Kadarius Tony is an interesting one uh, just because we've seen such big flashes from him, um, but just hasn't been able to stay consistently on the field, and that's a real problem, yeah. uh, obviously, for fantasy, but also for real football. Um, and then Wandale Robinson, you know, kind of an undersized slot uh, archetype guy. And I don't know, honestly, like Daniel Jones is performing relatively well, but a lot of it's coming from his legs. And this kind of just feels like the Saquon Barkley show. Yeah, you want um, Saquon, that's who you want. <laughs> right, with a small supporting cast. Like, I just, I don't see any of these guys really jumping out and taking any kind of, you know, big bite at the apple, yeah. um, so to speak. I'm really, uh, I'm looking elsewhere if I need to fill in at wide yeah. receiver. And due to that small supporting cast, we are both selecting the Ravens to win um, in New York in this one. They're the 5.5 point favorite. So, yeah, you got anything to add on that reasoning? Or it's pretty clear. No, it's clear. I, I, I picked the game before we even started talking about them. Yeah, you did. I saw that. Uh, we'll move on to <laughs> Buccaneers at Steelers. Buccaneers are the eight point away favorite. And you're already picking them, and I will as well, because the Steelers are looking like one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, not um, to pressure you, but yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy Leonard choice. Fournette, um, 35.9 fantasy points, two touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air receiving i mean and he had 24 touches he played 62 percent of snaps whereas rashad white played 39 percent. i think that is a well he's a rookie so career high but he had 38 in week four percent of snaps mm-hmm. and he also had eight touches you know a lot of the preseason especially with everything about fournette's weight which obviously didn't end up being meaning anything but no, a lot that of was an worried about that was yes. an off-season story if i ever yes. heard one yes for sure a lot of people though were worried about rashad white being a rookie that they drafted take could take away from Fournette's value and consistency. I know that you've been high on Fournette for all preseason, all of this season, but do you think this could be a sell-high opportunity for Fournette, or are you trusting the fact that he's a running back who just had saw 11 targets and 14 carries? <laughs> so I recently traded for Leonard Fournette, and I am not even remotely considering selling him. Um, and here, here's why. One reason is that it's really tough to find consistent good running backs this year. Um, Leonard Fournette is like lightning in a bottle considering how many targets and catches he's uh, liable to get on any given week. And the rushing volume is still there too. Uh, Rashad White does not really concern me as a player that's going to take touches away from him because at the end of the day, playoff Lenny is Tom Brady's guy. And as long as that remains true, Lenny's going to get the touches. He's going to get the workload 
and uh, you love him in PPR. I mean, 10 catches, 11 yeah. targets. That's that's fantastic production. So, we had a, no, I'm, I'm not sure, a top 20 uh, wide receiver scoring day just with his receiving numbers. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm not selling high on Leonard Fournette. I, like um, I think it's, I think it's too, <laughs> I think it's too difficult to find good running backs this season. You got to hold on to the ones that you have. Yeah. Do you worry about Fournette's receiving usage for Godwin and Mike Evans, or do you think this is kind of a game where it was working between him and uh, Brady passing wise? No, I, that, that's an interesting point. But I think honestly, like they're different, they're different kind of uh, targets, yeah, if that sure. makes sense. A lot of the times, you know, Fournette is getting check down options, but also just, I mean, his season high last year was nine targets in a game um, without going and checking what the other pass catchers did in that game. I would assume that they had success um, yeah, just because I, I Tom Brady was throwing because... 50, 50 times a game last year, almost every game. So it was like... Godwin and Evans this past week were kind of a little bit below their projection probably, but not too yes. far. Like they both were like low double digits. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not concerned about that. Um, I think that the way that this team has success is generally through the air um, with Tom Brady. So I, I think just, you know, all the catches that Fournette's getting is just icing on the top. All right, we'll move on to the Steelers, who I love apparently without Poor Kenny them. Pickett. Yeah, they lost three to thirty-eight in Buffalo against the Bills in Week Five, so there's not a whole lot to pull statistically. One thing I will pull though is that Jalen Warren, the running back, played in fifty-one percent of snaps, whereas Najee Harris played in forty-nine percent of snaps. Now the game was out of hand um, pretty early on. Immediately, yeah. So. But I do believe that Najee was really the only player that they kind of rested near the end of the game, and they were still playing Deontay and Claypool Pickens. Fryermuth sustained an injury, so keep an eye on that. But you know, Najee had 14 touches, while Warren was much more efficient with his nine. Najee has had a abysmal 1.82 yards per carry this season. So is those are his the, season averages? Uh, no, the, the the yards per carry is, but the touches were for this game. Right, no, I know. That's yeah, yeah. that's insane. I mean, he yeah. was really he was like bottom of the league last year. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I think that is just the game. Sorry, but it has been very very okay. low. I, but I think okay. that, that is going to be like this game. Alarm but, bells were ringing. <laughs> but it has been very 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 low. Um Yeah, and it was last season, season too. Yeah, and that's what a lot of kind of Najee haters and people who faded him in the first round or early second round if you could get him there were fading on him because he had that insane volume but was inefficient. A lot of people hoped yeah. that he would improve going into a second year but is warren the emergence of jalen warren news or noise um i guess more for him than Najee because Najee's kind of been disappointing so far anyways but yeah yeah i mean i would say jalen warren this is noise for warren um and i think it's just because uh, the steelers were getting just absolutely smacked around yeah um uh, Buffalo took their lunch money, spit in their mouth, and just sent them sent them home. So, uh, with a yeah. with a wedgie, um, like <laughs> it's just it's not a it's not a good it's not a good opportunity for Najee Harris to get involved in the passing game. Yeah. Kenny Pickett is, uh, you know, unless he's going to check down to Najee Harris nineteen times like Ben Roethlisberger did last year, yeah. um, Najee's going to continue to struggle in games where the Steelers are playing from behind. Um, and I really think that they're doing Kenny Pickett dirty by 
having his first two games as a starter be Buffalo and then Tampa Bay, like that's just horrible. Um, but it, it is what it is. And we've both picked the bucks to win this game. They are eight point favorites on the road. Um, it's, you're going to have to continue starting Najee Harris because with bye weeks and everything else, I don't think you have a guy that you can just slot in for Najee and bench him this week. It's a terrible matchup, but it kind of is what it is. Yeah. Agreed. For someone who could have been your first round pick, you don't really have that luxury. Um, almost certainly, but probably not move on to Cardinals at Seahawks. And I think this is the first time the Cardinals have been a favorite this season. (laughs) That might be true. So yeah. Monitor James Conner's rib injury. Um, he's been listed as day-to-day. I guess he avoided something that they thought could be more serious, so that's good for his outlook, but still keep an eye on him. And monitor backup RB Daryl Williams, throwback, his injury. Um, <laughs> both of these injuries allowed for Eno Benjamin, second-year running back, I think. Yeah, um, that sounds right. To be more involved. So I know that you picked him up in our main league, so a speculative ad potentially, depending on the... Um, injury status of both Connor and Williams, respectively, but especially Connor because Benjamin could still be valuable uh, with Williams being there. But yeah, so, so keep an eye on him. This is Eno Benjamin's third season. No oh, third. Um, just just to uh, we'll do a little housekeeping there, but also sure. um, I specifically picked up Eno Benjamin because my opponent has Damian Pierce on by and they need to fill that second running back spot. Oh, you know, Benjamin was the top projected starting running back. So I picked him up. That's, um, that's called strategy kids. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't even realize that. That's, so you, you don't really have any faith in him. Really? You're just taking him out. Well, <laughs> I'm, you know what, if it is, I am, uh, I'm preemptively, uh, restricting my opponent from having that player available to them if he ends up getting the starting job for yeah. this week. If he That's does what it is. Job, he looks really good for a uh, bye week fill in for sure. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to get the start regardless on my team, yeah. but um, that's just kind of where where I find myself in this season. I don't want to get too ahead of myself um, on that, but I, I'm in a good spot. McCaffrey, Chubb, and Fournette are my three starting running backs that's a that's a good cluster to have yeah um yeah. but let's talk about the pass catchers in this game yeah um so the sad fall of greg dorch he had 36 percent of snaps in week four and three percent of snaps in week five yeah uh, it's sad to see him go um just as just as he came into the league yep. in, in in the zeitgeist he slow he he disappears just with a whimper. Yeah, it's so sad. But mainly, it's been due to Rondé Moore um, making his season debut in Week Four and playing again. Yeah, week five. and this is this is like this is positive uh, development for Rondé Moore, someone that I was hyping up in the preseason. For sure. Thirteen point one fantasy points, uh, good amount of targets, eight targets this game, seven catches. Like, uh, I mean, let, let, let's talk about him. Yeah, 86% of snaps in Week 4, 91% of snaps in Week 5. He is involved in this offense. I think that if he takes this Greg Dortch role, um, that is valuable. And the reason that maybe people weren't pouncing on Greg Dortch in, you know, outside of daily fantasy was mainly because of why is he doing this? Why is he here? Well, it's probably because Rondo Moore is out. And now that Rondo Moore is back and he should have that role um, to himself, at least in the slot, I think is where he functions mainly out of, like Greg Dortch did. So... Yes. Yeah, I think that you you if he's on your waivers, get get him. Um, I don't know what the roster percentage is, but it's not a hundred. 
but I still think it's pretty high, and it should be pretty high. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think you have to feel good about Rondell Moore, and I'm glad yeah. they drafted him and obviously did not panic on him and gave him the chance to come back and prove himself. On so sleeper, go. only rostered in 52% of leagues. That number needs to be a lot higher. Yeah, for sure. Um, there you go. This is the last week for the Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he will return in week seven. Um, he has served his six-game suspension after this week that will be over Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but in his absence marquise brown is the wide receiver six i feel like somewhat quietly um and zach Ertz is the tight end four so it'll be interesting to see what hopkins does to all these players and you know what it does to rondo moore of course too and it probably won't do anything to greg dorch because he's already on his way out so yeah way to give him another dead greg on the way out but um But I will say this, I think I think this is the last week that you can truly sell high on Marquise Brown because like yeah. we talked about in the preseason, we do expect uh, the, the uh, return of DeAndre Hopkins to lower the value of pretty much all the pass captures on this team. Yeah. This is something we talked about a lot last season where a lot of mounts to feed, you know, it kind of becomes, uh, players kind of become more touchdown dependent in this offense, it seems. Um, so with Marquise Brown obviously outperforming expectations by a pretty large margin, um, I think that this is a, a good time to sell high. Um, it's tough. I mean, maybe maybe you can try to pivot him into one of the uh, perform the better performing running backs, and that would be a yeah. very valuable thing to get. Sure. Um, but just a consideration because, like we talked about. Uh, it's more likely than not that Marquise Brown is not going to continue at this pace once Hopkins returns, and so that's something to consider. Yeah, I mean, still should be the top 20 wide receiver, but right now he's the, the wide receiver six. So, yeah, sell high yeah. when you can and optimize. I think, yeah, getting one of those uh, well-performing running backs would be very smart. All right, so we'll talk about the Seahawks. Uh, oh, first ballot Hall of Famer Rashad Penny is facing a four-month recovery after he has surgery to fix his fractured fibula. Uh, some controversy on <laughs> which bone it was, but I think no controversy changed. Yeah. Uh, therefore, Kenneth Walker is a must-add. He's 59% rostered. At least he was yesterday. Maybe that's changed after last night uh, with waivers, and that's likely. But uh, he scored his first NFL touchdown, I believe, last week, and he is a rookie that they drafted pretty highly in the NFL draft. So you expect him to take over the workload. And prime Russell Wilson. I mean, Geno Smith is the QB six. Um, <clears throat> And Smith obviously can support Metcalf and Lockett, who Metcalf at 17.8 fantasy points and Lockett at 27.4. It was a high-scoring game against the Saints in Week 5, but um, he obviously can support them, and you don't really have to worry about it being the quarterback play that limits them, uh, seemingly. Yeah, that, that is an interesting development. And also, uh, Ken Walker, 87% rostered in there you go. So uh, Sleeper. So on that, of course, because Rashad Penny may not even... Yeah. Well, he's not going to be back this entire season with a four-month recovery timetable that's correct that's so correct. it's kind of um, walker season baby yeah and and we t- we talked about this in the preseason that it was probably only going to be a matter of time between one of two things happened either ken walker proved himself and took the lead role from penny or penny got injured and unfortunately yeah. it was the latter yeah all right we're both picking the cardinals in this one finally their favorite <laughs> yeah, yeah picking the cards in this one um the seahawks defense is like uh, it's competing very closely with Detroit Lions defense as the worst in the NFL. Yeah. 
And so with a good offense and a competent defense, I think the Cardinals have enough uh, firepower to get this one done on the road. In this divisional matchup. All right, we'll move on to Panthers at Rams. Uh, Maybe the biggest spread, 10.5 point favorite for the Rams. Um, Panthers, Matt Rule was fired. First head coach. Have they been watching the Rams play? Yeah, no kidding. But I think it has a lot to do (laughs) with Matt Rule being fired and Baker Mayfield suffering a high ankle sprain, which it's not like either of those people were performing uh to what they should have been but it's still right uh, people that have been there that will now be gone so that probably hurts mm-hmm. them and it's in los angeles but i totally agree with you and i'll bring up plenty with the rams when i get to them um yeah. but yeah baker mayfield is expected to be back within four games yippee uh pj walker <laughs> appears to be poised to take the starting qb job for the time being and what he about was, sam darnold returning at some point I, I saw that he's eligible to come off ir but it's apparently it doesn't seem like he's actually ready though is what i yeah not not for this week but still just like the fact that that's a conversation again yeah um after the whole offseason just absolute carnival that was the panthers quarterback situation yeah it's it's not good yeah and even though pj walker hasn't shined in his limited starts that he's had in his career it's a change that could potentially be good for Panthers wide receivers because it's hard to get much worse. Let's see if he can prove <laughs> yeah. me wrong. And uh, Christian McCaffrey, trade talks with the Bills, um, apparently, but they also apparently appear to be fake. So I don't know how that becomes such a big media fiasco and then just hours or maybe even a day later is like, oh, no, we're just joshing. That wasn't real. Whatever. <laughs> if that yeah, happens, we'll talk extensively about it. But yeah. uh, McCaffrey looks like the RB1 that you drafted him has in the past week or two. I know you had him. Is that right? He did very well in week five, um, and you're obviously still starting him. Mm-hmm. No matter what. All right, we'll talk about the Rams. Um, Cowboys. <laughs> this is so funny. Cowboys <laughs> only allowed 10 points from the Rams in week five. They're a legit defense, and it rendered this not illegitimate offense, I guess you could say. Um, kind of mute. In Not illegitimate. Yeah, well, double negative. I meant only one of those. Um, so yeah, pick, okay. pick, pick which one you want. Uh, the okay. Bears, I saw this on Twitter, the Bears have scored more points this season than the Rams, and I added it up to make sure. Bears are averaging 17.2 uh, NFL points per game, whereas the Rams are averaging 16 NFL points per game. Um, Talk about your reigning NFL reigning champions. Super Bowl winners. Um, it's crazy to think yeah. now with how both of these teams have started the season that the Rams and the Bengals were in the Super Bowl last season. Um, I mean, there is a curse. There is a Super Bowl curse, and it's very real, apparently. Um, so, Allen Robinson. Yay, I have him on my team, and he was on my bench, and he's almost borderline You ready to droppable. drop him yet? I am not, but he is, he's playing like 2021 Chicago Bears Allen Robinson, and it's just so surprising 4.2 fantasy points, three receptions, 12 yards, yippee. Um, 83% of snaps, so he's still out on the field, even though I don't believe it, personally. He'd been over 90% of snaps every game of the season prior to week five, so that is a decrease. But again, that still is a high snap percentage. That's not the stat that you're worried about. Um, and he's recorded more than 23 receiving yards once this season. I believe that was week that two. That is something to be concerned about. Yes, I think that was week two when he got the touchdown. So yeah. this offense is bad. I'm not even talking about the backfield just because of, you know, they only scored 10 points. And Cooper Cup's still the wide receiver one, so obviously they can feel somebody. And this offense obviously is all going through him for him to get those numbers. And I think mm-hmm. that's really bad for everyone else around um, 
him in the team, except for maybe Tyler Higby, who is the tight end six, and we've already talked about him. 24 targets in the past two games. You know how that makes me feel. Um, very good. And, yeah, Allen Robinson, borderline droppable. I'm not going to pull the trigger on that yet, personally, because there's not, like, a really, really enticing uh, per player on our waivers. But, you know, for the way you drafted him, you do not want to drop him. I'm sure you don't, but he is playing like a player that deserves to be on the waivers. So Yeah, and I, I talked last week about potentially buying low on Allen Robinson. Uh, his value has only gotten worse after this past week. So uh, put him up on the trade block in your league. See what you get offered because anything's got to be better than flat out dropping him for what's on the waivers. That's yeah. my That's my thought on it. Even though I just roasted the Rams offense for a few minutes, we're both picking them. To <laughs> it's beat still Panthers. the Carolina Panthers on the other side on the road. Um, yeah, as you yeah. said, we're picking the Rams, uh, and I don't think it's really all that bold. No. The Carolina's just not where they need to be as a franchise. Head coach, injured starting QB, and away. That's really. Yeah, that's I mean, there's a lot of factors, but also just, uh, yeah, I think more likely than not. LA is going to get it figured out. Um, probably won't make it to the bowl again. That would really shock me. Um, but yeah, they're they're still better than the Panthers. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some better teams. And you're actually going to be at this game. Um, on yeah, Sunday. buddy. Bills at Kansas City Chiefs. So, two really good teams. Very very good teams. Potential um, AFC Championship game again, depending on. Well, yeah. I mean, that's seating. possible. Yeah. That is very possible. I mean, yeah, depending yeah. On seating. But there you go. Bills. Josh Allen is the QB1, and he's supporting two wide receivers that are having performances like they do have the QB1 uh, throwing the ball to them. Gabe Davis, 32.1 fantasy points. <laughs> I got to love the stat line, though. Three catches, two receiving touchdowns, 171 yards. Now, that almost would be a player that we're like, we're not buying it. But again, he is the second pass catcher in this pass-heavy offense. So you'll take the boom, and you'll expect him to have more reliable stat lines going forward but you're certainly not complaining someone who scored fewer points stefan diggs 24.2 but still boomed um had a much better stat line in my eyes eight receptions on 11 targets 102 receiving yards and a touchdown he is the wide receiver too which makes me happy i don't have him but it makes me happy because i was really high on him i had him above jamar chase will he finish above him by the end of the season i still think so maybe not <laughs> he's got he a good, good head right start now. he does have a great head start um so yeah put some respect on stefan diggs's name and uh yeah the negatives fantasy wise devin singletary 5.6 fantasy points he's been up and down uh snap counts all season six rushes for 42 yards one reception for four yards 54 percent of snaps so obviously still is there rb1 but in a pass heavy offense that uses multiple running backs that's not super valuable and i think pulling this straight from pff article think it's interesting to note that Singletary has played 76.4 percent of offensive snaps when games are tied or Buffalo is losing the season which is not super common compared to 51.4 percent of snaps when the team has a lead so if they're doing well they're not utilizing Singletary and you don't really have a game script a lot of the time unless potentially it happens this week against the Chiefs where they're needing Devin Singletary so what I guess what do you make of Devin Singletary because we we know what to make of the passing offense yeah, we've talked about this before that, you know, Buffalo's having success without running the football, and so why should they? Yeah. Um, Devin Singletary with single-digit carries and low uh, number of targets 
it's just it's not a player that you're looking to start um and it, it stinks because we we kind of expected him to be you know a top 20 ish top 25 ish running back and uh that has not been the case thus far and he should be on your benches until until something changes and why should anything change yeah yeah and i think that the context of him being used so much more when they're behind and this being such a great offense you can't feel like he's super reliable but let's talk about the chiefs who could challenge them uh considerably in this matchup especially since they're home all four of patrick mahomes passing touchdowns went to travis kelsey let that sink in real quick um <laughs> so that does sink. trust me i felt that pain yeah yeah um if you have a pass catcher in this offense that's not travis kelsey you're seeing the ball spread around a lot more than you'd like to see um juju really hasn't capitalized on that potential wide receiver one role i believe marcus valdez scantling was actually the highest scoring wide receiver on the team this week but again it wasn't amazing because all of the super valuable volume went to travis kelsey this week and he is their best pass catcher by far and that was expected but he really really is proving it he's not looking like he's slowing down at all i think he's like 32 um He's just an insanely good player, and that connection between him and Mahomes is um, Hall of Fame caliber. But we'll talk about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and all I'll say is, finally. Although, you know, I don't want to be too positive on the downfall of a player, but we've been saying this for so long. You should have you should have sold high. Um, maybe the window's not closed because it's only <laughs> been one game, but 6.5 fantasy points, 12 touches, Ouch. 35 total yards, 43% Ouch. of snaps. Jared Ouch. McKinnon you don't know him he's a running back had 53 percent of snaps and 10 touches so ceh barely out touched mckinnon but had fewer snaps and uh this is what happens when ceh doesn't find the end zone well yeah and, and we're not trying to be smug about this um but we've been talking about it all season long yeah. that ceh's usage and his production was just fraudulent yep um I mean, the number of touches versus the number of scoring plays, something had to give, and it was more likely than not that it was going to be the touchdowns that disappeared before his production increased. So, um, yeah, hopefully you took our advice at some point through the first five weeks of the season. Um, I know it's hard to sell running backs this season with how they're all performing, but this is one that when he, whenever he does have a normal game and doesn't find the end zone once or twice, uh, his production is pretty much negligible. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all there is to it on that one. Um, Carson, who are you bills. picking on this one? I'm picking the Bills. Take, take the Bills. In Kansas City. Um, but, you know, I, they are the 2.5 point favorite, but it's hard to even say that there's a favorite in this game. So, I, I agree. Um it is very tough to uh, to pick one here. I think you want to pick Chiefs and cheer up that home crowd around you. <laughs> well, uh, it's what it would really come down to more is because the Bills are in the Patriots division. I'd like to see them lose, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I think honestly, what it comes down to is the Chiefs' offense without Tyree Kill. I think is less explosive generally, yeah. and so I am going to go with you on this one. Um, I'm picking the Bills to win. Doesn't mean I can't root for the Chiefs, uh, but this is not the one where I think I have a, a clear edge on you. Yeah. So, all right, pick, taking enough. the Bills to win. Fair enough. All right, we'll move on to Sunday Night Football. 
uh, divisional matchup Cowboys at Eagles. <sighs> Monitor Dalton Schultz's knee injury, which has limited his playing time since he sustained it. Um, that PCL tear, strain? Yeah. Strain. It was. Yeah. Um, you probably can't, I would say, and you have Dalton Schultz in one of your teams, so you can't really yep. start him until he gets back to that full usage, even if he's listed as active. Would you agree? Yeah, here's the problem is that there are no... Uh, this is a 12-team league where I roster uh, Tyler Conklin and uh, Dalton Schultz, and they both got me zero points last week. So it really didn't matter who I picked. But um, <laughs> the problem is that given your league size and just how the tight end position shakes out, there's not a lot of opportunity uh, left through five weeks in the NFL season. So... I may be starting Dalton Schultz out of necessity if he's healthy for this one. Um, otherwise, I'm just stuck going back to uh, going back to Conklin, who performed well a few weeks ago, but last week got one target, just like Dalton Schultz did. Didn't catch a ball, so it's tough out there. Um, and you've got a couple, you know, fantasy relevant tight ends out this week on bye, so it's even going to be it's going to be even more slim with managers picking up replacements for those guys so yeah it's a tough spot to be in for sure yeah and it, it is difficult you it was even on the same team like dion of ezekiel elliott last year it's like you almost wish that he would just be ruled out and re recover because when he's active you feel like you have to play him even if he's you know dealing with an injury that limits his play time so yeah it's not a position that i envy whatsoever but talk about cooper rush um because i envy how people view him <sighs> People talk about I'm him like sure he's that makes sense. MVP candidate. That's what I mean. They view him so highly. Joke. Yes, it is a joke. But he's undefeated as a starter. He's undefeated he as a starter, and everyone's like, oh, uh, we don't even need Dak. And again, it is tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, 3.98 points who? in week five. It should be tongue-in-cheek for everyone. How but about that? I think, like it just, it. I think it gets clicks. I think it's clickbait. Um, Dak Prescott... <laughs> officially ruled out for week six or just highly unlikely so uh they've been, they've named they've named rush as the starter okay <laughs> everybody for, so for week six for week six not not for um, the season but yeah, <laughs> yeah. well Anyways. they should do that right according to many <laughs> analysts well yeah rush, they're gonna go 18 they're gonna go 18 and 0 yeah yeah even though they've already lost a game cooper rush <laughs> <laughs> he'll Wait, make what? it happen he'll make it happen yeah. and, and a bye and a bye he'll make it happen no no screw it uh, Cooper Rush, 10 for 16. That was his passing uh, completions and attempts. Wow. That explains why was there that was... Was that for a quarter or... No, for the game. <laughs> that oh, explains why okay. there isn't too much to talk about here in regards to the pass catchers. Um, yeah. So he's starting again. Let's see if he can do it against the undefeated Eagles. We'll talk about more in just a second, but I'll just say real quick, like we always do, Ezekiel Elliott, 22 touches. That's good, but he wasn't super effective with them. Tony Pollard, eight touches, and the rushing touchdown. Uh, I, <laughs> yep, this is why I didn't draft On a Zeke. long run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly talk again about Rush for a moment. Okay. He's averaging, he's averaging one touchdown. I mean, no one's sick of hearing about him, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, he's averaging one touchdown, one passing touchdown a game, and hasn't turned the ball over yet this season. Um, the Cowboys are not winning because of him. They are winning because of their defense, and he is playing uh, conservative at quarterback. So, yeah. conservatively. So, whenever they come to the division rivals, 
uh, it's the primetime game and in Philadelphia. Right, in Philadelphia, exactly. I, <laughs> I think people are going to, I think the wake up call is coming because I truly believe in the Eagles' offense and defense collectively more than I believe in the Cowboys' offense and defense collectively. Yeah, so let's talk about the Eagles, as they are the only undefeated team remaining, and I will agree with you that they will win this game. That's my prediction. Uh, This is interesting fantasy-wise. Jalen Hurts has thrown four passing touchdowns this season, three of them coming in Week 3, and has had six rushing touchdowns. This makes him kind of a vulture to touchdown consistency for the rest of his offense because he's taking rushing touchdowns from Miles Sanders and he's not providing a high floor for his pass catchers because he's not throwing a whole lot of passing touchdowns. And it's even weirder when we see usage like Devontae Smith, 10 receptions on 11 targets, 87 yards. Dallas Goddard, 8 receptions, 9 targets, 95 yards. And then A.J. Brown gets is the one that gets uh, left behind, who had 3 catches on 7 targets and 32 yards. That's by far his worst game as an eagle this season and i don't buy it um it's his first single digit fantasy score of the season so basically i'm just saying buy low on aj brown (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah. i'm with you on that and i think also if you pay attention to how they were using Devontae smith last week it was like every time i looked at the screen they were throwing another wide receiver screen uh to smith Mm -hmm. and so it was like okay well no wonder he's racking up all these catches um, this is something that they were kind of doing with AJ Brown a little bit earlier in the year, and I don't exactly expect Devontae Smith to keep this kind of role moving forward. Um, but yeah, no, totally buy low on AJ Brown if you can. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles being the only undefeated team uh, this season is flattering to them. I don't think they are the best team. I think it's still the Bills. Um, but one thing I will credit the Eagles is that they do vary their offensive uh, scheme to a lot of games. You know, we have big days from Miles Sanders. We have big days from Devontae Smith. We have games where Devontae Smith doesn't get a catch, like in week one. Big receiving days for A.J. Brown. Jalen Hurts kind of always facilitates either the rush or the pass. Either way, he always does it. So as a defense, I can see how they could be hard to stop because you don't know exactly how they're going to use all of their weapons. And I think that is um, really important for their prospects of beating really good teams. at least that's what I'm taking away from all this variability of stats across the weeks and still being undefeated. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to win. Yeah, me too. Go. All right, move on to, God, Monday Night Football. Uh, another divisional matchup. Woo! Broncos, let's ride, at Chargers. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and pick the Chargers too. <sighs> what? No, that you just said let's ride. No, we can, we can. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you, you can't ride a Charger. Well, I'll try. I will try. <laughs> uh, not a single touchdown in the Broncos Week 5 Thursday night football game against the Colts. Almost made me not want to pick the Colts earlier. I might still even regret that, but I'm not going back. Um, yeah. The way, <laughs> the play calling, everything bad, 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 bad. But um, some excuse that you can pull from this is that, Mon- is that Russell Wilson's right shoulder injury, I guess he's been dealing with that since the end of the game in Week 4. And he's gotten shots. Uh, in it. The excuses are piling up. So hey, um, who knows? That's all I'll say. Cortland what, what does that still... mean? Cor... <laughs> maybe he'll come <laughs> back and be the Russ we all know and love. Okay. No, I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Cortland Sutton has been reliable still, and I do expect Jerry Judy to have much better days ahead. So that is what I'll say about it. Um, mm-hmm. Games where there isn't a single touchdown on either end. Um, are kind of hard to come by. 
Yeah, and it doesn't make for a lot of uh, fantasy points to be had. No, it does not. But they had two running backs with double-digit fantasy scores. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 13.3 fantasy points, 15 carries, 54 yards, 3 catches, 49 yards, 56% of snaps. And here comes the Boone, Mike Boone, 11.5 fantasy points, uh, 7 carries for 38 yards, so more efficient. Three receptions, 47 yards, just as efficient with his receiving almost. 41% of snaps. And they signed Latavius Murray from the Saints um, going into this week five game, but he didn't play um, because they were Thursday, so he still wasn't ready. He's inactive, as I already said. So which, if any, I think there has to be one. Broncos running back to you want <laughs> Why? Most Why does there have to be one? rest of the season. Uh, uh, okay, so for me, it's Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, the double... Fumble. Well, if he can if he can figure it out and not yeah. fumble, yeah. then uh, he's getting twice as much of the workload, um, yeah. despite the more similar snap share. Um, but I mean, come on, let's be real. We talked about this last year. Mike Boone is a special teams guy. The fact that he even got ten touches, I think, kind of surprised me. And you know, I really don't think he's going to take the role away from Melvin Gordon, who is a uh, a player with a pedigree that probably not Hall of Fame caliber, but still, I I believe at least several Pro Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's had a good career. He's had a really good career. Yeah, he's a solid. This... He's a solid NFL running back. So, yeah, yeah I'm just I'm not buying Mike Boone. I I love the team name opportunity. <laughs> Mike, but... here comes the Boone. That's his. That's what he's known as. That's his. Uh, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Yeah, okay. So anyway, no. It's Melvin <laughs> It's Melvin Gordon. Um if I have to roster one of these running backs, but uh truthfully, I, you know, I lack belief in this team, uh, especially compared to you. And uh I think I think honestly, well, you should if you ever watch the games. I mean, they stink. Uh, and it's not just place. Thursday night that they stunk. It's every single game this year. They have looked bad. Yeah. Um, Let's talk so... about the Chargers. Okay, please. Who almost didn't beat the Browns last week. Um, it ended up being really close. So yeah, 30 to 28. Maybe this is the week Keenan Allen will return from his hamstring injury. He's basically been He's day been... to day for the past month. <laughs> One day at a time, baby. Mike Williams doing his thing in the absence of Keenan Allen. Expect that continue, mm-hmm. and he's still a starting worthy player with Keenan Allen being there. Doesn't seem like anyone else is filling the gap behind Mike Williams um, outside of as a pass catcher outside of Austin Eckler, of course. Thirty-five point nine fantasy points. I'll just read this because it's amazing. Sixteen carries, one hundred and seventy-three yards, and a rushing touchdown. Four receptions on four targets, twenty-six yards, and a receiving touchdown. Fifty-nine percent of snaps. Who I guess when I. We were talking about Dalvin Cook. I compared him to Eckler. Eckler's had way fewer snaps than he ever had last season, but he's starting to be extremely efficient with them, so I guess yeah. he'll take it. But, you know, five touchdowns in the past two games, not sustainable. We've been saying about that. It's been saying the same thing with Nick Chubb, but he's sustaining that. But at the end of the day, you know how statistics works with football. That's not sustainable. But Regression. you drafted him. Yeah. Yes. You drafted him as your RB1. So I don't think it's really a sell-high opportunity personally. Unless mm-hmm. someone's coming for them and they're wanting to offer you up something that's Whoa. just really okay, is <laughs> <laughs> pursuing him in a trade. Yeah, what do you do with him? You 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 can't. What do you not mean? What do you him. do with him? You you're start not selling him. him. Yeah, you're starting him, of course, but you're not you're not looking to sell him, are you? Even though you're going off the rails. Hell no. 
Okay. That wraps up this video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a weird, bizarre turn this took. This is this gonna... just pure entertainment and comedy for whoever stayed this long. This is what they get. Uh-huh. This is yeah, what they get. The... Okay. All this right. is what they get. That's enough. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you all for watching. Hopefully you did get to this point and you had a good chuckle. Um, go ahead and subscribe to the channel because why not? Yes. And, uh, and we will see you again next week. If you're not a bot, prove yourself in the comments. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Bots get a comment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know.